All right, let's do But God, Part B. Acts 2, 23 and 24. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, you put him to death, nailing him to the cross. And there's 24. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes in life, in marriage, a job, a death, and so on, we can believe that we are completely and totally prepared. We got our stuff together. And then, after a little while, we find out not only were we unprepared, we were absolutely inadequate for the task at hand. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of death, isn't it strange how uh, we all try to avoid this subject? It's just so awful. We, we, we know full well that we have to either meet it ourselves or a relative or a friend will first, but we still avoid the topic. We just don't like that subject. Oh, we use metaphors or idioms like they kick the bucket, they bit the dust, they're gone away, you know, and so forth and so on. You can come up with a hundred of them. According to some writings from the late Steve Jobs, when it was apparent that his pancreatic cancer, which he died from, was going to take his life, this is what he said. No one wants to die. Even people who want to go to heaven don't want to die to get there. You know, death is, I don't know, uh, a destination that we all share. Uh, no one has ever escaped it, but we just don't want to talk about it. Death is not our friend. It has long threatened us and our family and friends. We have fought over it, we fought with it, and every last one of us who fought with death have lost. We at some point and some time have an appointment with death, and we know that. But for those of us in Christ, we are not worried or overly concerned because of Jesus. We understand Adam and Eve opened the door and let death in. Genesis 3 says fear came in also with death, replacing peace and distance replaced relationship. At that time, death became a part of life. Adam's failure let the enemy, death, in the door. God gave us life. And he gave Adam an admonition. And Adam and Eve disobeyed it or ignored it and befriended death 
Why in the world would they do that? Well, they did. It's right there in Genesis. Death was a lie twisted in the truth. Yeah, yeah. In a world God gave them full of everything, <laughs> Adam and Eve wanted one more thing. That's like a man with a beautiful wife and he go out and get somebody who don't even look as good as his wife. That's like a woman with a with a good looking husband and a family, and she goes out and gets some some dude that don't, ain't even half what her husband is. Why? Now, what God had given them to sustain life, now that they did this, it would be invaded by death, which they invited in. They wanted more than God. They wanted to be God themselves as Satan promised them. Huh? Yeah, Satan the serpent. Of course, this was a lie and impossible, but they believed it. Huh? They believed it like we believe per crooked politicians. In fact, as time passed, they became more and more unlike God. Their heart was spoiled by sin that they invited in and its destructive consequences. This was not what God had planned for them. Huh? God had given them life and all that was needed to sustain it. And now they were being consumed by false desires and death, which they opened the door to. The ultimate consequence of their fall was the death of all who would come after them. Wow. They ate us out of house and home. My, my, my. The whole world that God had created for sanctuary Sanctuary of life would now be a cemetery of death. The world was once perfect, but now it was marred and broken. Death killed life. Death destroyed life. How could the creation that God created bring about such devastation. God gave them life, but they chose death instead. Have you met folk who all you wanted to do was help and encourage and uplift and inspire and they turned around and spit on you? Simon Peter didn't hold back. Fifty days after the events of Christ's passion, he stood in the midst of a festival crowd right there in Jerusalem. And he declared in Acts 2, 22 through 23, listen, you men of Israel, listen to me. God publicly endorsed Jesus. Yeah, Jesus of Nazareth. He did all that tremendous work, all those miracles. And you know him. And you know what he did. You watched him. And then 23 says, but God, following his prearranged plan, 
He let you use the Roman government to nail his son to the cross and murder him. Wow. Peter didn't even try to mince words. He, 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 he wasn't even subtle or nuanced. He wasn't seeking office. He ain't no politician. Forget being politically correct. He said, let's just confront the problem head on. Jesus had come for the people and the people killed him. God had foreknowledge of what they would do. He knew it right there in verse 23. But in no way is this crime of humanity lessened by this fact. Just because God knew it was going to happen. The people had witnessed Jesus' power. They had witnessed his love. They had witnessed his grace. Right there in verse 22. They had seen the undeniable evidence of the Father's affirmation. Of Jesus. Of his identity. Of who he was. It was attested to them right there in verse 22. By God. And yet. And yet. They joined together, Jew and Gentile alike, to nail God's son to a cross. Just like some folk we know, no matter what you do for them, no matter how kind you are, no matter how you try to be good to them, they turn around and bite you like a rabbit dog. Isaiah 53, 3 through 6 says, we despised him. And rejected him. A man of sorrows. Acquainted with the bitterest grief. We turned our backs on him. And looked the other way. When he went by. He was despised. And we didn't even care. And yet. It was our grief. That he bore. Our sorrows. That weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, please, because of his own sins. Give me a break. Verse five says he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. He was beaten that we might have peace. He was lashed. And in that lashing, we were healed. We, every one of us, have strayed like sheep. We, who left God's path to follow our own path, whatever that was, wherever that led us, and yet God laid on him the guilt and sins of every one of us. That's prophecy. That was Isaiah, even before Jesus came. Our lostness. And evil was the most clearly evidenced that you could ever dream or think of. Clear, unmitigated rejection of the one who had come to rescue us. Like sheep going astray. We wandered from our loving God. But then, like ravenous wolves, we sought to destroy him with hate and violence like he did something to us. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know folk like that. The most shocking thing was this. We decided that he deserved it in verse four. Mm, 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 mm. You know, that's like a, a mother raising her family and then her family turns around and curses her. Father raising his family, which that's rare. Father raising his family, but it does happen. And then the children turning around and cursing him. Huh? But that was the not the that was not the full truth of the death of life. There was more to this story. Oh, don't think this is the end. He bore our griefs. He bore our sorrows and he bore our sins. He carried them all the way to his death. And he allowed himself to be consumed. Listen, listen. He allowed himself to be consumed by all that had consumed us, all that sin, all that guile. He knew what he was taking on and he took it upon himself. The consequences of our wrongs for the wages of sin is death. But the Bible says the gift of God, that's Jesus Christ himself. He gives us eternal life through his shed blood. He had not committed Rebellion. He had not committed sin. Had he not performed what he did for us in our place, we wouldn't have a chance today. Life itself allowed, and this is Jesus, he's life. He himself allowed himself to be killed by death that we let in the door. Oh, but thank God, Peter's message didn't end there. <laughs> Come on, Peter. Peter said in Acts 2, 24, this is the NIV, but God, hallelujah, raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep him down, to keep a hold on life itself, which is Jesus Christ, hallelujah. My, 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 my. God raised him up just like he planned all along. Loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held down by death because he's more powerful than death. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. And I know with all that malady and death, you were wondering, wow. When were you going to show us another but God? Well, there it is. Here he arrived in a more marvelous way. The God of surprise has accomplished the more unbelievable, the most mysterious and the most eternally vital victory ever. God defeated death through Jesus dying. Wow. Only God. And Paul later said in 1 Corinthians 15, 55-57, Oh, death, now, now, oh, death, where is your sting? Now, oh, grave, <laughs> my Lord, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin. And the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. 
which giveth us the victory through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Oh, it doesn't matter what you get into. It doesn't matter what you go through. Divorce, sickness, death, financial problems, moving, whatever. You are going to have victory through Jesus Christ. Because he is more powerful than any circumstance, any situation that you get into or go through. You wanted a rescuer? Now fix your eyes on Jesus. <laughs> Hebrews 12 and 2 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. My, 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 my. This is the source of our joy. This is the source of our life. John 10.10 says, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But why am I come? I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Jesus endured our pain, huh? knowing what he was in for. And now is he alive again because he conquered death. You see, for Jesus, death was not the end of his life. It was the end of the reign of death over humanity. By taking the cross and conquering death, Jesus not only found his own joy, but he provided a platform for our joy. Death was conquered by the resurrected life of Jesus. He brought joy out of grief. 1 Corinthians 15, 20 and 22 says, But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man. That man being Jesus Christ. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all are made alive. Mm, 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 mm. Oh, what a victory. One for us when we were dead in our sins. You know what you came from. Some of you still wrestling with it. huh? But thank God for Jesus Christ, our Lord. One for us by the Prince of Peace. We were without hope, but God. We were doomed and deserved it, but God. We were guilty and condemned, but God, huh? First Peter 1, 3 says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Oh, my God. Praise God for our Lord and Savior and our conquering King, 
Oh, the songwriter said, oh, oh, oh. That's my king. This is Faith Words Finding Ministries, weekly encouragements by Nam Ware. And I want to tell you something. If you don't know Jesus and the pardon of your sin, after this message, you sure ought to get introduced to him and get to know who he is. The Florida Mass Choir is going to come now and sing. That's my king. God bless you. Yes, hallelujah. Though your sins be as scarlet, come let us reason together. Let me wash them white as snow. Hallelujah. 